0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, God is good, isn't he? Amen. We've been talking the last uh, two or three Sundays about what to do when you're in trouble, what to do whenever... Uh, things arise that uh, in the natural, you don't know what to do. You don't know. Sometimes, you know, things will come up against you and it just seems like you've been hit by a truck. You know, the expression. You just feel like, you know, everything has come out against you. And uh, it can be overwhelming at times in the natural. And uh, in the natural, it would be overwhelming, but thank God we aren't limited to the natural. You know, Paul said the weapons of our warfare are not natural. The enemy comes against us because he operates in, in, the, in the area of the natural because he is the God of this world and God of this, uh, of this sphere. And so he can move in this natural realm and, and cause things to, to come up in our lives. But the weapons, see the weapons of his warfare are natural. The weapons of our warfare are not. Right. Amen. We have access to, to God's warfare, we have access to what God has and what He's made available to us. Amen. Oh, glory to God! That puts us in a stronger position. If you get my drift, it puts us in an overcoming position. It puts us in a position where, where, like the song says, "I what did it say?" Uh, the song we just sang. I can't. I, I can't help but bless your name. No, I, it's, there's the, one of the last parts of that. I can't lose. That's what I was going for. I can't lose. I thought he'd know the song, but anyway. I can't lose, that song says, amen. (laughs) Amen, I can't lose. If my faith stays in him and in his word, I can't lose. Is that what it says? Yeah, I can't lose. That's good news. Amen. Glory to God, we're overcomers. Well, praise the Lord. Let's, let's look into it a little bit today, amen? Glory to God. We found out that God's not our adversary. The devil is, amen. God's not against us, he's for us. And we can make sure that we're living in a way that pleases him, amen, that we're not walking in disobedience or any of those things. We, make, we can make sure that, uh, that when we take a stand, that we're standing on the word of God. You know, we're not left in the dark where his will is concerned. So many Christians are confused about the will of God. They don't know whether it's God's will that they are blessed, whether it's God's will for their family to be made whole or their children to come back. They don't know if it's God's will, you know, for their, for their finances to improve. They don't know if it's God's will for their bodies to get better. They're just all confused. Well, you know, I just want uh, whatever comes to my life, I just have to accept that is the will of God and I don't really, which, no. No, the Bible tells us what his will is. And when we know his will, then it's up to us to stand in faith, amen? And, uh, and so, like I said, there are times, you know, when you can be, uh, you can seem to be overcome and in the natural you would be, but like I said, we're not living in the natural. We're living in the supernatural, amen? So we can, we can uh, make sure that we're standing on the word of God. We can make sure there's no unforgiveness in our lives. And then we can be resolute to not let doubt or unbelief exist in our hearts at all. Just absolutely no doubt or or, or unbelief in our heart. Now, like I said last week, doubt can come against your mind, but that's a separate thing altogether. You can't tell me that when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, that the thought of being eaten didn't come into his mind. Huh? So just because thoughts can come into your mind doesn't mean that you let them into your heart. And the way you keep them out of your heart is to keep God's word in your heart. And there are some techniques involved in that that uh, we'll get to. Today I want to talk about this. You need to remember that Satan is the God of this world. And because he's the God of this world, he can hinder for a time things coming to pass in your life because he is the God of this world, the, your answer has to come through from heaven, but it has to come into this earth. It has to come into the world. It has to come into the natural realm. Well, Satan is God of this natural realm. And for a while, a short while, he can hinder. Now, he can't stop it, but he can hinder it. You say, pastor, that doesn't sound like faith. It's the truth. Amen. Go with me to Daniel, the 10th chapter of the prophet Daniel. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. Daniel chapter 10. Now, while you're turning there, find find Daniel 10. Start to say, while you're turning there, turn to this other scripture. You can't do both of those at the same time, I don't guess find daniel 10 and then put a finger there and then go over to 1st Thessalonians and look at <clears throat> look at verse 8 chapter 2 verse 18 1st Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 18 Paul was writing to the church there, and he said in verse 18, therefore we, talking about himself and, and uh, Timothy and Silas who were with him, he said, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. Did you see that? He said, I and the rest of us, we wanted to come to you over and over again, but Satan hindered us. Well, now, if Satan could hinder the apostle Paul, he can hinder me. Don't think that the blessings of God are just gonna fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. There are going to be times of opposition in this life where the enemy will try to hinder what God wants in your life. And you, it, you need to be aware of that because when opposition comes, you know, and, and it doesn't look like God's moving, that doesn't mean he's not moving. And if you don't understand that, you can become very discouraged. You can become, uh, uh, you can get the sense, well, I've prayed and, and nothing happened. Then God, what are you waiting on? Well, God's not waiting. If you're in faith, he's moving. Yeah. But the devil and evil spirits, because they operate in the natural realm, they can operate in the realm where, you're, where your uh, problem is or whatever the opposition is that's coming against you. The devil operates in the realm of sickness and disease. He operates in the realm of lack. He rap- operates in the realm of, of trouble and despair and so forth. Well, he can operate in that realm Uh, for a while, but if you'll stay strong on the word of God, the answer that God sends will get to you. Now in Daniel chapter 10, let's, let's read there. It said, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was delivered to Daniel whose name was called Belteshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long and the understanding, and excuse me, and he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. In other words, Daniel was in prayer and fasting and seeking God. He was seeking direction. He was making petitions from God, asking God for understanding. And this went on for three weeks. Some people get discouraged by the afternoon if their their answer hasn't shown up. He said, I was three weeks into this where I was serious about it. I mean, I, he said, I was fasting, praying, seeking. That's what he means when he was mourning. In other words, he was in intercession for three weeks, three full weeks, that's 21 days. Now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked and behold, a certain man clothed in linen whose waist was girded with the gold of Euphaz. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. Does anybody have any idea who this might be? Huh? It sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? It just sounds like what John saw in the book of Revelation. Isn't that right? In this this visitation, in this experience that Daniel had, if this is the Lord Jesus, and it looks like it was, he's not really identified as such, but from the the description, it sounds like Jesus. In this uh, 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 visitation, this experience that Daniel had, He had a visitation from Jesus and at least two other angels. And first of all, Jesus appeared to him. And Daniel says in in verse seven, he says, I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore, I was left alone when I saw this great vision and no strength remained in me for my vigor was turned to frailty in me and I I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of of his words and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. Now notice something then happens in verse number 10. Suddenly, a hand touched me. Although this was the hand of an angel. This wasn't Jesus. This was a separate being. Suddenly, a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear Daniel for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come because of your words. Notice he said your words were heard the very first day. Always remember when you pray and you ask God, for something according to his will, 1 John says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And what's the next thing it says? And if we know he hears us, then we know we have the petitions we've asked of him. See, the faith life believes that. A person who lives by faith, he believes that. It might not look like God's heard, but God heard and he said, I have come because of your words. Well, why in the world did it take him three weeks to get there? I thought angels were faster than that. He said, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. Now, he goes on to say, behold, the Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. Now, the prince of the kingdom of Persia was not a man. It wasn't a natural human being. This this prince of the kingdom of Persia was a fallen angel. Not just a demon, but a fallen angel. There are different classes of of fallen beings. Hold your place here and go over to Ephesians. Ephesians. And let's look at the sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians. Keep your place there in Daniel. In verse 12, well, let's start in verse 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might in the heavenly places. These are different degrees of demonic or satanic powers. The principalities are the weakest. The principalities and powers have to do with those demons that that are in the earth that just harass and try to oppress Christians and, and everybody else on the planet every day. But then from principalities, we go up to powers And then from there, the rulers of the darkness of this age. And then finally, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. These are fallen angels that fell when when Lucifer sinned and was cast out of heaven. He took a number of the angels with him. They fell with him. And these wicked spirits operate in the heavenly realms. This is what... Daniel was was referring to when he said, the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Notice he said, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. Behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. Now we know from the Bible that Michael is an archangel, one of God's heavenly hosts, one of the most powerful uh, creatures in the heavenly realm. Michael is, according to the scripture, he is uniquely, or, or I should say, especially associated with the defense of Israel. That is one of Michael's chief responsibilities. If you study the Bible, you will find out that this archangel Michael is associated with defending Israel. Let me tell you, he hasn't left his job. We'll get to that later. He is described as a prince. Michael, one of the chief princes. But just before that, there's a reference to the prince of the kingdom of Persia. There was a fallen angel that was in the heavenly realm, in the spiritual realm, influencing the kingdom of Persia and the kings and rulers of Persia, one after another. If you go through Daniel, there's a succession and through the other, uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther and the prophets, you'll find that there were a recurring or or, uh, 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 a series of kings of Persia. The Babylonian empire had fallen just before this and uh, Darius came into power and he was a Mede. and that was the introduction of the of the of the uh, Mede and Persian Empire that began with Darius so there was a succession of these kings and over each one of these kingdoms there was an, an evil spiritual force that was trying to dominate and in fact was dominating the kingdom of Persia Now this is important because in every nation on the earth, there are evil spirits in the spiritual realm that work behind the scenes to influence the the, the, uh, things of man that try to influence the direction of nations and kingdoms and so forth. So behind the drama of history that we see spelled out in history books and the things that that have happened, behind the struggle of natural history, there's this struggle in the heavenlies. And there was this, this evil angel, this fallen angel, that this angel that appeared to Daniel referred to as the prince of Persia. He said, now your answer was sent, I was sent to bring you the answer the very first day, but the prince of, of Persia withstood me. And he said, he was there with that, with that uh, f- evil spirit, that evil angel, one of these other angels, no doubt a very powerful angel, and he was fighting and, and opposing this fallen angel and he had to have reinforcements. The reason he had to have reinforcements was not because he was not able to ultimately win. He had to have reinforcements because God was, was was determined to get the answer to Daniel. He needed to be relieved where he could get the answer to Daniel. So Michael came in behind to help him and to take up the battle he was in. So God sent this other archangel, this other prince, a chief prince he's described as, to take over, and then it says, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. How does that read in your Bible, sweetheart? He of- just says in the regular King James, I remained there with the kings of Persia. In other words, while Michael had the prince of Persia occupied, then this other angel that was talking to Daniel was then left to influence the kings of Persia. See, God is always trying to influence the affairs of men. God is always uh, attempting to influence fallen men and natural kingdoms. God is trying to influence our nation right now. But there's a battle going on in the spirit realm. And when this reinforcement came to to occupy this prince of the kingdom of Persia, this angel said that I was left then to deal then and be effective with the prince, with the king, excuse me, the kings of Persia. And then he said, I was sent to give you this message. Now, the first point I want to bring out today is: whenever you're praying and believing God for something, the answer always comes. Because if we ask anything according to His will, He hears it, and if we know that He hears us, First John says we know we have the answer. But the enemy might try to delay the reception of your of your answer. Well, what was the uh, what was the solution? Daniel stayed steadfast. If Daniel had given up during those 21 days, if at some point he had said, You know what? I really want a snack. And I'm hungry. And this isn't going anywhere. And I'm not accomplishing anything. And God hasn't heard me. Nothing has changed. Nothing is moving. God, you know, God's on vacation. And so I think I'll just clean myself up and go get something to eat and uh, go about my business. The answer wouldn't have come. He had to stay steadfast. When you're going through a battle, you have to stay steadfast. The Bible calls it fighting the good fight of faith. Understand that the answer is on its way. God has sent your answer. If it's a healing, he sent it. If it's a financial need being met, he has sent it. Someone or something is moving to get that financial need to you. Don't throw in the towel. See, Paul told Timothy, he said, fight the good fight of faith. Notice he didn't say fight the devil. It wasn't Daniel's responsibility to deal with the prince of Persia. Now, he was in a different covenant than we are. But he didn't do anything where the prince of Persia was concerned. He just stood resolute, just stood his ground. Well, over in the new covenant, we do have authority over principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world. In other words, anything that the enemy tries to bring against us, we have authority over. And so we use our authority, but we're not fighting the devil because the devil's already been beaten. Jesus defeated the devil. We don't have to defeat him. Now the balance here, go back to Ephesians. People get sometimes taken, uh, they go to the extreme, they get caught up with certain ideas and miss the mark. In Ephesians 6 again, it says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. And then he talks about all of the different uh, weapons that God's given us, the armor and so forth. But people over the the years have, at different times, have been uh, sort of uh, excited over this idea of wrestling, against the devil and so a lot of teachings have come up about spiritual warfare that says well you know as christians we're we're involved in this great spiritual warfare and we're supposed to war against the devil we're supposed to fight the devil it's this this word where it says we do not wrestle if i can see what i've written i've got a small print here let me see what i've written It says our struggle is what one translation says. Another one says our conflict. Our conflict or our struggle is, he said, is not against flesh and blood. What he's saying there is don't get into the natural. Listen, sometimes it seems like people might be your problem. The enemy will try to get your attention over on people. Start fighting people. He said, no, uh, the the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We've already read that. He said, our struggle, our conflict isn't against flesh and blood. It's against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world. But people have overemphasized that idea of warfare and they've taken it to to mean that we're supposed to get, that we're supposed to engage ourselves and, and war against the devil. Why would I want a war against the devil when he's already defeated? Notice the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What that's talking about is standing your ground in faith, resisting the devil, and and that is called fighting the good fight of faith. We don't have to defeat the enemy. He's already defeated. We do have to fight the good fight of faith The good fight of faith means taking your stand, using your authority to take your stand, and absolutely refusing to allow the enemy any inroad into your life. Fighting the good fight of faith involves doing something with your mind, disciplining your mind. God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. If you look that up in the Greek, that word sound means a disciplined and controlled mind. We're not supposed to be running off on tangents. We're not supposed to be filled with fear. We're we're not supposed to be all, uh, uh, we, we don't need our attention primarily on the enemy. We do have to take our authority, but that takes about that long. I said it takes about that long to exercise your authority. It takes about that long to rebuke the devil. It takes about that long to bind what the devil's doing in your life. It doesn't involve uh, minutes and, and hours and days of this idea of wrestling and getting into a spiritual battle. It does not require that people that get involved in that always get into error. I said they always get into error because they get caught up in this this so-called wrestling with the devil and they're right where the devil wants them because they're not going on in their walk with God. They're caught up trying to defeat an enemy that's already defeated. Taking your stand and there is a conflict. There is a struggle, but it's a struggle in the faith realm. It's not a struggle in the, in the spirit realm in the sense of us fighting and like the, like the King James says here, wrestling, like we've got to get into some kind of roll up our sleeves and get down into the, into the snarly pit, you know, and wrestle and, 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 and a lot of times people get caught up and they think it's intercession and prayer and they're interceding against the devil. You know, there's no such thing as interceding against the devil intercession in prayer is to God. I said intercession and all other forms of prayer are communication with God, not with the devil. When you're rebuking the devil, you're not in prayer. I don't pray to the devil. I may speak to him, but like I said, it's a very short conversation. Devil, take your hands off my finances. Devil, take your hands off my body. And then after that, it's I resist that in the name of Jesus. And I don't even spend a lot of time focusing on the enemy. I'll say I resist that symptom. I resist lack. I am lack intolerant. And so I resist those symptoms but I don't spend a lot of time fighting the devil because he's already been defeated. Yeah. Satan has been defeated. We say, well, why, if he's defeated, well, then why is all of this other stuff going on? He, Satan has been defeated, but until Jesus returns and locks the, the, the devil in the bottomless pit, those evil spirits, principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness of this world, evil spirits in the heavenly places, these spirits are still active in the affairs of men. We are, as it were, behind enemy lines. We've been left here on this planet. We've been redeemed. We've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son, but we've been left in the earth, in this this world, where the kingdom of darkness is still functioning. Satan is still the God of this world. He still has his his hierarchy, his legions of evil spirits, fallen angels, and they're still trying to work uh, 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 in the earth among men. Well, you and I have been delivered and so we take our stand. We just say, no, I'm not having that, devil, I'm not having that, because if you don't, he'll try to bring these things against you. And you take your stand in faith, and remember, faith always has a good confession. You're not in faith if you're talking your problem. I said, I didn't get a lot of amens on I need to say that again. You're not in faith if you're talking your problem. Now, I'm not saying you can never say I have a need. What I'm saying is if you can, once you present your need to the Lord, you can tell somebody, listen, I'm going through a difficult time. Would you pray for me and help me? There's nothing wrong with that. We are to pray for one another. The Bible teaches. How can we pray for one another if we don't know what we're praying for? I want you to pray pray with me, Brother Steve, about what? Well, I can't tell you. No, it's okay to say, I'm I'm going through this difficulty. But once you believe God, once you believe God for yourself or once you get an agreement with somebody else and you say, Brother Steve, this is what I want you to agree with me on. I want you to pray the prayer of agreement with me and one, two, three, this is what I want. Once we agree or once you pray as an individual, at that point, if you believe you've received, then what are you doing continuing to talk about the problem? Why are you still talking about it like it's like it's still going on, like it's still running your life, like like you don't have the answer? If you continue to bellyache, now, now I am being... Uh, Uh, cynical because at at some point it moves beyond just sharing with somebody your need and it it moves over into belly aching and complaining you want somebody to feel sorry for you come on the more you talk about your problem once you've given it to God, if you start talking about it again, talking about how bad it is, how badly you've been hurt, what your offense is or whatever it is, once you've given it to God, if you start taking it and start talking about it again, you take it back out of God's hands. If you start talking about how bad you feel after you've believed you're healed, then you're gonna take it out of God's hands and put it back in, in by your own words. That's why once you believe you receive your healing, if it's a financial need, once you believe you receive your healing, then every word then that comes out of your mouth is by his stripes I'm healed. Well, how are you feeling today? Well, I know this, by his stripes I'm healed. See, we really ought not to, as Christians, we really not, ought, ought not to be asking one another how we feel. Now, I know that's a courtesy. How you doing today? You know, I understand that. But when you know someone is standing in faith, don't encourage them to get into doubt and unbelief. Somebody, I, I think it was Lester Sumrall. he went to visit uh, Smith Wigglesworth back in the 1930s and, and, and or early 40s. And, and uh, he walked in, you know, and knocked on Brother uh, some, uh, brother uh, Wigglesworth's door. And Wigglesworth came through and he said, How are you feeling today? He said, young man, I never asked Smith Wigglesworth how he feels. I tell Smith Wigglesworth how he feels. Amen. You have to tell your body, I'm healthy, I'm well, I'm an overcomer, glory to God. Talk that, that is part and that is a central part of fighting the good fight of faith. When you do that, that is the conflict that he's talking about here. That's the conflict he's talking about here. Now, when it comes to nations and these evil uh, hosts of darkness that operate in the spirit realm, when it comes to nations, We have to, we as as citizens here of of this planet, we have to pray for our government. We have a responsibility to pray for our government, but we don't pray on a partisan basis. We don't pray for the Democrats or for the Republicans per se. We pray for God's will to be done. And in taking our place in prayer, oftentimes we have to take authority over the spiritual forces that are trying to dominate our government. Boy, I wish I had another 30 minutes. Maybe next week we'll go further into this. There is a a stand of faith and a stand of, of prayer that is required of us where our government's concerned because these evil spirits are constantly operating in the spirit realm against our nation, just like they were against the the kingdom of Persia. And this spirit, this angel that was talking to Daniel he said, I came to bring the answer to you, but the prince of the, of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And he said, when Michael came to help me, then I was left with the kings of Persia. He said, then I was able to myself on God's behalf have influence over the kings of Persia. there is a struggle, there is a, an ongoing struggle. I can show you, I don't have time to do it today, but next week the Lord willing will we'll show you that the struggle he was talking about in this chapter, it shows us that the struggle continues. Yes. It is a continuing struggle. It's not something that's just won once and for all. The enemy always tries to come back. Do you have just a minute? Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain more of this, but just to show you what I mean, in uh, chapter ten again, Daniel ten. I tell you what. Why don't we read the rest of the story? We'll read the rest of the chapter and then I'll make my comments. Then I'll close because it's noon. A couple minutes till, but I've only been up here a few minutes. <laughs> he went on to tell, this is, this, this is the angel that, that touched him in verse number 10. isn't Jesus, this is an angel. Now I've come to make you understand what will happen to your people on the latter days for the vision refers to many days from, to come. When he has spoken such words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. And suddenly, now another angel comes on the scene. And suddenly one one having the likeness of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke saying to him who stood before me, my Lord, because of the vision, my sorrows have overwhelmed me and I have retained no strength. For how can the servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me now, nor is any breath left in me. Then again, the one having the likeness of a man. Now in verse 18, it would sound like in verse 18, it's this person that was, or this angel that was identified in verse 16, one having the likeness of the sons of men. But if you look at the following context and what he says, this has to be, Referring back to the angel in verse number 10. He says, then again, one having the likeness of a man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, oh man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace to you. Yes, be strong, be strong. So when he had spoke to me, I was strengthened and, and said, let the Lord speak for your servant, for you, have, for you have strengthened me. Then he said, do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed the prince of Greece will come. Now the Grecian empire followed the Persian empire, if you know history. And notice that in connection with the Grecian empire, there was another prince. He said, I'm leaving, when I leave you, I'm going back to fight the prince of Persia. But when I leave from him, he said, the prince of Greece will come. That tells me that there is always an ongoing conflict in the heavenly realm against nations, particularly where Israel is concerned. Notice that Michael was sent to help. And Michael's one of, one of the most... Identifying characteristics of the archangel Michael is he is shown in scripture to be a defender of the nation of Israel. God had special interest where the children of Israel were concerned in the Babylonian empire, in the Medo-Persian empire, in the Grecian empire. God had a plan for Israel and he was watching over Israel. And you see it played out in the history books of the Old Testament. Nehemiah, Esther, so forth. God was working and defending Israel. And you'll see that there were times when kings rose up to oppose Israel. And then God would miraculously move. And the, kings, the hearts of these kings would change. And they start favoring Israel. Remember uh, uh, Darius, he talks about Darius back in chapter six. Darius, it came into his stupid head that he would, because he had raised up these satraps and these, and these leaders and governors, that they came up with this idea that they didn't see, they didn't like Daniel because Daniel was favored. Everything he did worked out good. And, and and the and the king, uh, Darius, liked him. So the so these these governors and satraps got together and they said, Let, let's trap Daniel. So they came up with a decree. I'm just covering this real quickly. Said anybody for 30 days, anybody prays to any god or ask a question to any man within 30 days, other than the king, he has to be killed, thrown into the den of lions. King, you know, Dodo, he stamped it, you know, put his approval on it. Well, Daniel heard about it. First thing he did, is he went up in his prayer chamber, threw open the doors, faced his face towards Jerusalem and started praying. Well, they found out, you know, they reported it to the king. The king had to honor his word through him in the in the, in the den of lions and God then moved so miraculously. See, what was going on? That that prince of, of of darkness was influencing that king and that kingdom to be hostile to Daniel and hostile to the Jewish people. But what happened is God moved miraculously. You know the story, Daniel was delivered and the king then set up a new proclamation that the God of Israel, he is God. Everybody has to worship him. God is interested today in protecting Israel and he's interested in protecting the church. We have the authority in Christ. See, Daniel didn't have the authority we have. Daniel wasn't living under the same covenant we are living under. God still moved because he was watching over his word to perform it. But we've been given authority in these realms as Christians and any time the United States develops policy that is anti-Israel, it will be bad for the United States. That's a matter of proven biblical history. It has happened over and over and over again. Any nation that, that uh, tries to, uh, that becomes, that, that goes against the well-being of Israel, judgment comes. And we've had that. And thank God we have a president right now that has reversed it and you can see the demonic response in our nation. I mean, it has turned violent. It has become, I mean, the scab has been torn off of it. The the, the cover's ripped off of it. And there are people in our nation today that are vehemently, now coming out, anti-Semitic against Israel. It's because of the prayers of the church that God has, is, is, has, is moving on our president to defend Israel, to stand with Israel, and he's under attack because of it. Our president is under attack because of that. Well, praise the Lord. Next week, there is an ongoing conflict. I kind of got off my point this morning. The enemy's always trying to stop you. But there's a bigger conflict out there. He's trying to stop the church. He's trying to stop the plan of God for the church and for the nation of Israel. Listen, what God has said about his people of old will come to pass. Amen. And thank God for the, for the, for the tradition of America. The United States of America has traditionally, from the beginning, been sympathetic to the Bible, to Bible principles, to the recognition of of the Old Testament and the New Testament. And when Israel became a nation in 1948, well, first of all, it was was the United States that led the deliverance of uh, of, of the Jews under the Nazi attack. Isn't that right? We led that. And God blessed us because of that. And when Israel became a nation in 1948, the United States was the first nation on earth to stand with Israel. And we are their primary defender right now. They are the only democracy in the Middle East. And we are their primary defender. And it is absolutely essential for the survival of the United States Until Jesus comes to catch away the church, it is essential that the United States stand with Israel. And you can say whatever you want to say about President Trump, but he gets it. And God is using him in this regard. And it is important and it is essential. And this has nothing to do with politics. I could care less whether it's an R or a D after anybody's name. But the church has to stand for the Bible. And Israel is under assault. The Bible is under assault. Christianity is under assault. But God is working. God is working in the spirit realm. Amen. And he's working in the spirit realm because the church got serious a few years ago and started praying. Because God does nothing in the earth without the prayers of the saints. Well, praise the Lord. It's true. Glory to God. Did you get anything out of this? Stand your ground. Stand your ground. You thought I said stand up, didn't you? Stand. (laughs) Go ahead and stand up.